Let the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. 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 Maybe please be There are at least three times in a week when groups gather and prepare with reading the lectionary for the upcoming Sunday. Um, one is on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. and 2.28 and on Zoom. Um, another is at 5.30 on Wednesdays in that same place. And then at 7 o'clock later that evening, um, the reading, the gospel, is also read for the upcoming week. So I read at least twice in a group before this Sunday. And the last time I read that reading, and everybody's just staring at me. And I look at Samantha's aunt and uncle, and I realize the whole Pantasis family and their, and their families of Samantha's and the whole congregation, they're going to hear that reading while we're about to baptize a young child. Are y'all in shock too? <laughs> it's not pretty. And, and yet, I mean, I guess that's, that's the story of our faith is like, how do we wrestle with these tough readings that tell us that we've got to cut off our arms or pluck out our eyes? So the first thing I want to say, that it's in the prayer book. And, and there's a word, and, I, and I've said this before as we've gathered for baptisms, it's probably the most beautiful thing in all of our theology. What the prayer book says is the bond that God establishes in baptism, the bond that we are about to help, not help, but to witness God making, is indissoluble. It's a word you probably haven't heard since like seventh grade physical science. Indissoluble. It cannot be broken. I mean, that's, it's revolutionary for us because it means that our faith, that God's love, nothing can change that at all. Nothing that we do, nothing that happens in our lives, nothing can change that love. And so why do we hear this reading about like this, this tough stuff? And, and, and one thing that we, we talked about in, in, in two of the groups is that, that possibly, you know, we're talking about the kind of what it means to be in a community of people, a body, as we are a body, we are the body of Christ gathered. It's about ultimately about conflict within that body. But there's two things. That the, the other piece that stands out kind of right before that is Jesus says, if you're not against us, you're with us. So there's, there's this idea, even before we get into this rough idea of, of, of breaking parts off of the body, we deal with this idea that, that inherently, as long as you're not pushing against God's, God's love, we're all wrapped up in this together. It's a really hopeful, it's a hopeful image. But we do have to wrestle with what it means to be in conflict and turmoil. Because that's where often within our lives we find ourselves at odds with each other, at odds with our own selves and, and who we want to be. The best example that I can think of, I, I read a story this week 
sticking with me. It was a, it's a tough story. Um, I think if, if you unplug number one and two on the, the top of the soundboard and plug them back in, it's, <laughs> we learned about the demons in the, in the sound system earlier this week. <laughs> um, this man is riding, he gets on a train. He's riding on this train, and he, and he sees this, this boy and their two kids, and the kids are acting out. And they're goofing off. They're kind of horse playing. And as the train goes longer and longer, the horse play escalates. And it continues to get challenging. The kids begin to bump into other passengers on the plane, or on the train. Um, and it's one of those situations, we've probably been in this before, where the whole group begins to kind of look at each other, and they're like, what in the world is going on? They begin to make looks at the father. Looking at each other, it continues to escalate. Everybody knows that this is not the way that you're supposed to behave on the train, and they're getting frustrated, and you can kind of feel the, the energy kind of lifting up. So the man gets up, and he walks over to the dad. He says, excuse me. Your kids shouldn't be behaving this way. I don't know if you've noticed. Father kind of looks up. He goes, oh. Well, they just said goodbye to their mother an hour ago. And I guess I don't really know how to behave either. The guy was reflecting on the story because he says he, he instantly changed at that moment. And he realized how different the situation would have been if he had tried to approach the dad and said, hey, what's going on? How can I help? Or, or even had an idea of the larger picture. What he walked away realizing is that the event really wasn't about those kids on the train. It was about himself. See, here's the interesting thing about our theology. We believe that all of us are loved unconditionally. We're going to make promises for Samantha to love her and support her in her life forever. But there's a reason that we're gathered here. And that's to, to learn to have our lives changed continually by God's love. We look so much outside first at all the problems of the world, the kids that are bumping into each other on the train, the people that are saying things that are, are, are causing issues. And yet, and sometimes that stuff has to be addressed, without a doubt. But the reason that we're gathered here, and I think to some extent... What Jesus is pointing to when he's talking about harmony in the body is about change within ourselves. How do we let that love that God has for us make a difference at every moment in our lives to continue to work on us over and over and over again so that we can see the world and the problems of the world differently? 
not to ignore them. But the change starts with us. Maybe arguably the change starts right there in a font, in a promise to love. And then we get to renew those promises and say, I will with God's help. Let us begin new again today.